Hey guys, welcome to Bash University Live. Uh, a little bit delayed uh, this morning because it's cold outside and we were waiting for the water temperature to warm up a little bit uh, so the fish will bite better for us. Uh, that's our excuse. We're going with it. We have, uh, you guys know that if you guys were with us last week, we had, we got blasted with, uh, you know, giant winds and they, they shut down our electric and we've, uh, we've suffered with some computer issues that were res resolving at this moment, but we're glad to be back live. Um, and, uh, glad to be with you guys today. Really excited. Big week this week, man. It's classic week. It's the biggest week in the sport of fishing. And uh, we're going to be there. Bash University is going to be there. I'm joined with GDP, Greg De Palma. Uh, we're all heading down to the class. It's going to be a good one. We are. It's going to be a different kind of class this year. It's pretty brutally cold there as the yeah. practice goes. There's a warming trend coming. But is it going to be enough? I don't know. One thing I do know about river systems, they tend to move faster than lakes. So mm. with that being said, and plus the fish do live shallower. Um, it's going to be an interesting one, man. I really, I really like this one. I do too. Uh, we love Knoxville. Uh, we've been uh, we've been there a few years ago, and it's uh, you know it's an amazing place to have. It's just full of bass fishing fans. It's going to be great. We can't wait to be down there uh, hanging out with you guys. Make sure if you're subscribed, make sure you guys stop by and see us uh, at the Bass University booth. Of course, we're going to be there uh, doing what we do, uh, collecting some great instructional content, and uh, we have stuff for all of our subscribers, and we've got a great classic offer. Uh, if you can't make the classic, that offer is going on right now. It's $80 off an annual subscription, 30-day free trial. It's the Bassmaster Classic Special. It's happening right now. So go over to Bash UTV and get yourself signed up. Uh, you can participate in the IM board. And we have some great prizes. You guys are watching this over on social. Um, we have a like and share. What's that? Waterwood. Waterwood. We're giving away wa three Waterwood mm -hmm. baits. I'm getting signals over here from Jocelyn. Jocelyn's in the room with us tonight. Hi, Jocelyn. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's going to be our like and share. And we also have a grand prize. So pay attention to what we talk about today because we have a grand prize that will be. We have a hummingbird hat, a Rapala hat. We have Rapala baits. And we also have um, VMC hooks. VMC hooks. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. I love the new the new red line from VMC. Uh, really amazing, um, just high-end tournament performance hooks built by VMC. So check those guys. Check those out. I saw Jacob Wheeler um, really using them and promoting them on the on the Bass Pro Tour, uh, which is going on right now. Uh, congratulations again to Brian Thrift winning the Red Crest. Uh, amazing uh, win! I want you to check out. We just released the Brian Thrift on Thursday of last week. Practicing for the future. Brian's practice strategy. Priceless. All right. You're talking about one of the greatest anglers that has ever done this sport opening up in our Bash University classroom about how he prepares and practices for events as he did to go ahead and win the Red Crest down on his home lake of Lake Norman. You know, that's, he's won three times on Lake Norman. Um, I wish they would come to the Delaware River once in a while. I do too. I really, truly really, really do. You know, Brian was a great example. Like, it's really hard to win at home, which a lot of you guys. It is know, a lot of pressure. Lots yeah. of pressure. But in that in that tournament, them guys were actually faced with a lot of different scenarios. The weather changed a ton, mm -hmm. and he made all the right adjustments. Which you know, like you said, everybody on Bashu gives up the juice. I'm sure Brian does the same thing on all the stuff he does. Um, yeah. The guy is the guy is a beast. 
There's no other way to put it. He is he is good. He's doing he does it differently. You know, it's interesting. I was just talking to him and uh at our class. Where was he at, Riz? He was in Alabama with us. He was in Alabama. Yeah. I, I get I get the places all confused, but I I uh, I know I'm gonna be fishing a blueback herring lake this year. And I talk I was talking about the blueback herring bite, and he says, I never go after it. Wow. And uh it is he, I, I'll he, tell you what, it is risky. Yeah, you know. Well, he, he, that's Brian's strategy. He purposefully avoids the, the primary patterns. That's fine. You know, he goes and looks for things that people miss like he did at Norman by going up the river and fishing offshore. Everybody else went up the river, they're bank beating, they're mm-hmm. fishing that stained water. He, he fished offshore up on Norman uh, to get the W in the last two days of competition. By the way, Riz is here with us. You can hear him back there. <laughs> Scrambling around, plugging wires together, a lot of gaffing tape and duct tape at work here, but we're up and running. Yeah, that's right, Pete. It was a little uh, hectic getting things going, but happy to be talking about the classic, catching up with uh, catching up with Brandon Coulter, get some get some local insight on what's going to be going on down there in Knoxville, and uh, should be a, should be a good show. A little little late to get started, but that's all right. Yeah, we're still going to have it. That's right. You know, just uh, start slow. Yeah, start slow, finish strong. The uh, we are brought to you by Tackle Direct Studios. We are in Tackle Direct Studios here at Bass U. They are going to be down at the Classic and working with Shimano down there. Uh, some great opportunities to be able to pick up uh, Shimalis at a, at, at a great price. Uh, so go check them out. Shimalis. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're working with Aquaview, and they're going to be doing some really big discounts what? at the Classic. So you, if you're looking for an Aquaview, one, stop by Bash U because you might win one. Yeah. Two, go to Tackle Direct because they're doing some really big Special discounts. event. Okay. Way to go, Aquaview and Tackle Direct. If you can't make the Classic, you can go get a great deal on Aquaview from your pro member benefits over on Bash U, as well as Rapala VIP program. Guys, if you're a subscriber and you haven't signed up for that, stop what you're doing right now. Go get signed up. You're going to be amazed at the opportunity there for Rapala, VMC, Storm, and all the other great brands. Um, a lot of the brands that I get from the VIP program are the winter clothing, gloves. You know, I even have a, a, a ice fishing suit and all kinds of great stuff, uh, Ice Force stuff over there that you can take advantage of as a Bash U subscriber. Let's go check it out. Um, is Brandon ready to go? Hold yeah, on, Brandon's ready. Before, before we have one, I want to I want uh, I want to say something before he gets on just for a guess. Okay. I want to say it's been a – I can't really tell you the last time. I'm going to say and if I had to pick one bait as a whole for the classic that's going to play before Brandon comes on, I'm going to say a Rapala Shad Rap. It's been a long oh. time since we've seen this kind of bait play, and this is the conditions for it, mm-hmm. and probably one of the best places in the country besides maybe Douglas or a Cherokee for a shad wrap. So that's I'm, I'm going to say as a whole, that's my winning bait guess for the whole field. That's that's ama- That's a great pick, yep. and uh, we'll talk about that with Brandon. As a matter of fact, one of the guys in a Bass Pro Tour shout gave a shout out to the to the shad wrap. He's using that. It's nasty. Um, it's, it's, one it's, of, it's one of the best, right? For cold water, it's got to be. It is. It yeah. really is. For it's it all time one of the all time great cold water baits. You're making me uh, upset with myself because I fished in cold water last <laughs> weekend and I failed to throw the shad wrap. I threw everything else, Adam. Jerk. I threw the the jerk baits. Like yeah, yeah. you know, I thought that was going to be the deal and the blade baits, but uh, I didn't get over to the shad wrap. But uh, mistake made. Uh, commercial. Are we going right to Brandon? 
hit the commercial and we'll okay. uh, bring Brandon in right after. All right. Brandon Coulter is going to be with us. Brandon Coulter is out on the Bass Pro Tours. Matter of fact, that's where he's calling us from. Uh, he's just uh, he's fishing down on Douglas Lake and uh, he's taking time to visit with us. And I appreciate that. He's from Knoxville, East Tennessee expert. We're going to be talking about the classic waters and the Bass Pro Tour and all that great stuff. Great friend of the show. Brandon Coulter will be with us right after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bash U family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier. Welcome back to Bash You Live. And, and there he is, 
We got our man, uh, our East Tennessee man, Knoxville boy. Great to have you with us. After all these difficulties, man, it's great to have you on the show, Brandon. Yeah, no, it was good, man. I uh, Sorry about that. I had a little uh, – I'm not technically sound. Sorry, the dog's barking. Uh, she heard my <laughs> voice. So, uh, But, no, had a little uh, little phone issue. So we've, we've got a computer plugged in, so we should be good. Oh, awesome, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's great to have you. I, you know, a little background on uh, – Brandon and, and me were connected through your father, Rich right. Coulter, who uh, really was an important part of my fishing career. Uh, shout out to Rich. I know he's down <laughs> there down there with you in East Tennessee now. And uh, he, he actually uh, was an integral part of me getting my first boat sponsorship uh, with Champion Boats way back in the day. So that was that was connected. And here we are all these years later talking to you. It's pretty amazing right. ride. Yeah, he uh, he was my first sponsor too, right? So, <laughs> uh, now he sent me to Tennessee with a boat. It was uh, it was I was very very fortunate. That's that that's great, and he's a great guy. I still remember him and I chasing stripers on the Upper Chesapeake Bay and uh, right. Mother's and he, Day weekend. Yes, that was the big weekend. And he's famous. He's still famous uh, for catching twenty pound bags of smallmouth. Uh, right. and winning some winning some tournaments on the upper bay with that so uh so that's pretty cool i mean the apple doesn't fall far from the tree <laughs> here you are out on the bass pro tour and uh and you know really really great to have you with us you you're down there on lake douglas i know that was a challenging body of water this week you know it was uh it, man it, it is it's it's really really tough we had i mean a lot, lot like the guys are going to face in the Classic this week. You know, we had water temperatures just drop out of the bottom out of it. I think we were 62 uh, a week and a half ago. And we started one day of practice at 49. Mm. So, I mean, it, we it's had hot. a huge shad kill. And so it, it was it was a challenge. Had a good first day. Uh, not so good yesterday. So Yeah. Well, that, that's plenty happens. of time to do podcasts, right? I have plenty of time to do that. <laughs> well, we're, we feel uh, fortunate to have you. And uh, that I know that with that radical water temperature drop, I mean, the getting getting the right bites to give you the clue, to give you the information that you need is so hard because you get so few when the conditions change like that. Yeah, and that was, that was the thing for me the second day is I just never got dialed in. You know, it was... Mm it was constant for me. It was, you know, the, the first day I, you know, hunt and packed and finally got on something the last hour and a half and just went to, I mean, it was weird. It's like, if you figured it out, I mean, you could catch them. And, and I, in the last hour, I mean, it was everywhere I went, I was catching them. And then it just, all of a sudden, you know, the second day, I just never got on that deal. And, you know, quite frankly, I, you know, had a beer or two over it last night thinking about what I would have done different. And talking to a few guys and watching a little live this morning, I mean, obviously, I just never ran into them, but I don't know that I would have changed, you know, my approach. It, it's just one of those tournaments that I'll admit when I'm, you know, I mean, I'm I'm very hard on myself, and I know I know kind of when I miss it. And uh, man, it was just I just never ran into them. It's not one that I'm, you know, going to beat myself up over too much because I was doing the right stuff. I just I just miss the areas, I guess. Well, that's that's. Oh, it seems to be always the case. No matter whether, unless you win the tournament, we beat ourselves up, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but let's compare. Let's compare um, what's going on at Douglas uh, to what's going to be happening at Teleco Loudon. 
now my recollection is douglas is like a, more of a mountain style uh reservoir and and teleco lounge is a lot flatter is it are they going to fish the same do you think no not at all um douglas douglas and cherokee both you know they're they're highland reservoirs they drop them 60 feet um water levels are always a, an issue um it's about everybody was talking about how you know how low the water was it was 20 foot down that's actually about 20 foot higher than it normally is this time of year so wow when i've spent time up there this time of year it was i mean a lot of the stuff i was fishing was was you know or one of the fish was 20 foot you know underwater so um typically this time of year it's it's only you know it's 40 feet down well it's 20 now loudon doesn't do that loudon is a typical tennessee river it fluctuates about they draw down about five foot, four and a half, five foot a year. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't have that fluctuation. So it fish is completely different. Is the, are the water temperatures going to be similar there? Yeah. Yeah. The water temperature will be similar there. And it'll be the same thing at Douglas. You were run up the river. It was 42, you know, on the low end you had, you know, in the low fifties, um, loud will be the same, but we're going to get it. We're going to get a big warm up. I, I, I don't know how much their practice was going to help them. Um, you know, just from, from being, you know, I mean, I fished a lot of big spring tournaments here and it, man, it changes not only daily, but we're going to have enough warm up that it's, it should be completely different. I noticed that it's, it's going to be in the fifties until I guess Thursday, it's going to be 70 plus degrees and, right. and stay 70 right through the tournament. Right. And the biggest difference there is in Douglas, you know, the fish are deep and it takes them longer to come. You know, it's just they like to live deep. They've got a, a different forage. You know, everything's different there. On Loudon, they live shallow anyway. So they just don't like to bite when it's cold. So, you know, they're already there in most cases. Now, they'll move slightly. You know, they'll, they'll get a, a little bit more aggressive. They'll pull up on the points. They'll do some things. You know, they'll slide, you know, on the backside of the points, get headed into the pockets. You know, they'll do some of those things. You know, they'll adjust slightly. But, man, they don't have to go far. They just don't, you know, I mean, there are fish that live deep. But, man, for the most part, it's a river. You know, and, and that's where I, guys struggle on loud. And a lot of people call, you know, think it's the worst, <laughs> worst lake on the Tennessee <laughs> River system. It's just different. It, it's not, it's not bad. It's just, it's just different. A fish is like a river. Man, I would like to fish that one. I would love to fish that one. <laughs> the, yeah, we're all we're all river rats up here. The yeah, the the smallmouth played like Gussie one there uh last and it was a little bit earlier, a couple weeks earlier. And uh of course he wanted on smallmouth fishing deep. Did do you no, I got two questions. Number one, is, is the deep bite like that gonna play or and their smallmouth? Do you think going to be a factor in this year's classic? Smallmouth, uh, it'll be a mixed bag. You know, you, typically this time of year you can't win on Loudon with one or the other. If you're going to win with one, it's going to be smallmouth typically. But if you're going to succeed in March tournaments, most of the time it's going to be a mixed bag. You know, I would say you know, eighty percent of the we're very fortunate. We have some big ten thousand dollar tournaments a year, and they're always this time of year. You know. Last week, first week of March, last week of March, first week of April. And uh, and so, you know, they're big events. You know, guys, you know, as a guy that grew up here, I got to fish, you know, a hundred of them. 
And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of time on the water that time of year for the locals and man, it's almost always, if it's not a big bag of smallmouth, it'll be, it'll be a mixed bag. Well, I got, man, you, you just opened up a bunch of more questions, all those March tournaments. How, how are they won? Like, what, is it a crankbait bite or, uh, you know, how it, are they winning? weather permitting. What did she say? She wants me to keep petting her. I've been gone for a while. Um, <laughs> so if you see my shoulder, that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, I got you. But no, um, you know, Teleco plays this time of year. There, there, there is a small mouth mm. bite on Teleco that if they can exploit it, someone could weigh a giant bag of smallmouth on Teleco. You know, I'm talking 24, 25 pounds. Whoa. It's there. It's there to be had. The timing should be really, really good for it. The problem with Teleco is it's a, I want to say it's a newer lake. It, it sets up a little different than Loudon. It's um, very weather dependent. It's really hard to duplicate day in and day out of Teleco. Most of the locals that do well, um, you know, they might win one on Teleco, rarely but almost all the really good locals fish loudon it's just more consistent you know loud's a more consistent like teleco has has the potential so you know it's it, it can play um you know as far as loudon it's shallow i mean I, I can't think of many tournaments that have been won you know deep at all this time of year you know gussie obviously exploited that and that could play but um most of them are one shallow how deep are you talking? Like, because deep's always relative. Is it? Are you talking like six to eight, or like ten to twelve? You know, depending on the weather. You know, jerk bait bites really good. You know, and you know, similar to what they're doing on Douglas this week. Mm -hmm. But you know, the fish are going to be you know those smallmouth if they're staging, they can be in that eight to ten on you know gravel rounds and, and those kind of things or on little bluff ends, um, and that would be the really the deepest I would fish for them. You know, gut like I said, Gussie exposed something that a lot of people hadn't done here before. Um, so I'm sure with forward facing sonar and, and Gussie's tournament here, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of people looking out deep, but most stuff's one cranking, you know, shallow cranking, um, jerk bait. Uh, if the weather is at all good, a long a, you know, waking and waking a bait on top can be Wait, really good this time of year. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to catch them and, uh, they're going to catch them this week. You watch. I mean, it's it's going to be way better. The weights are going to be better than last classic for sure. We uh, it's interesting you say wake bait because Edwin was using that where um at the Redcrest. Yeah, Norman. I guess. Redcrest. At Norman. That's right. Guess uh, who he stays with? Ot the foe. <laughs> <laughs> not, I mean, Ot's. You know that wake bait kind of came from this area, and you know, and it's 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 been an East Tennessee East Tennessee thing for a long time, and I. It's funny, you know, there's a couple things we do here. They never play anywhere else. We don't get to roll a pop bar under bushes. We don't get to what, you know, it's like someday that's going to happen in my lifetime. I get to do some East Tennessee tricks. I want to throw a float and fly somewhere so bad. But <laughs> they never seem to play anywhere else. So, Well, you you had picked the bait uh, to potentially do well in this tournament. I did. I, I picked the Shad Rep. Um, yeah. When I was there before, I guess we were there in February, it was our second event of the year, two years ago. I mean, I got them pretty good on a shad rub practice also, you know, running down gravel banks, uh, yeah. nothing to them. What do you think about a, a shad rub this a week? A number five shad rub is historically a great bait here. It's number five, a small That's one. That's the little bitty guy. Yeah. And and they catch them on bluffs and gravel. It does not matter. They like it here. Um, 
I personally think will be there'll be fish caught on them. Don't get me wrong. I think we'll be past it. Okay. I think the water temperatures are warm enough on Thursday that I'm not saying you won't catch them on it. I just don't think you have to catch them on it. And to me, that bait in particular, if I don't have to throw it, I'm not going to throw it. Um, if I can catch on a flat side, and you know, or, or something else, you know, I just I can cover more water. I can do more stuff. I can. I can so I there will be fish caught on it. Period. No, I mean it, it's a it's a good bait, and and they like it here, but. I think we'll be a little bit past it. I think you'll see some, I think you'll see some, you know, vibrating jigs. I think you'll see, I think you'll see a spinnerbait bite. Mm. One more is, Look out. Is, is, <laughs> is tight lining the wrong time of year for it? And that's a big thing. Yeah, it, it's a little bit past that. Okay. Now, man, I'm, I'm admittingly new at the forward facing thing. You know, all mm -hmm. of that changes everything. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's funny that the last classic, the guys were really limited. We had so much, so much stain in the water. There was so much current. Um, really, the upper half of the lake was almost unfishable. Mm. You know, the guys that caught them caught them down the lake. Um, you really couldn't fish. I would say, you know, fifteen mile section. I mean, no one caught them above the Pelsipi Bridge, which is the one forty bridge. Um, there was just too much color. There was just way too much current. You know, we had a ton of rain, and it was just flush. They were flushing the system. Um, it's not going to be that way this time. They're, they're going to have a lot more area they can cover. Well, I saw rain in the forecast, uh, but it looked like that might happen during the tournament. Um, didn't look, I, I don't know if it's going to be dramatic rain or not. Uh, no, I, 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 don't, I didn't see anything that looked like it was going to change the event. Um, okay. it, it should, man, the water, I mean, it should be as, it should set up as good as it possibly can and get better every day of the tournament. How about the low water? A lot of guys are saying the water's like six to eight feet low right now. It's uh, I looked at it this morning. It's four and a half feet. It's, okay. it's four point seven, um, and that's that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, it is low, but it's it's that's they don't start raising it until April. So, um, little middle of April to to the end of April now, actually. And so, um, the fish are you know that's they're they're in their comfort zone right now. We were talking uh, before we got on here. I think one of you guys mentioned Gussie's area is a, a revolving door over there at practice this week. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I saw on Chris Aldean's post. Is that right? Yeah, guys all over it. <laughs> I can imagine. And I think with it being as cold as it was in practice, I mean, I'd certainly look for it. You know, I mean, I would look mm -hmm. for, you know, fish out. Um, and I, and I, I think you're going to see the guy that adjusts from – what they found in practice to, to what they're going to find in the tournament. I, I do not think someone's going to find something like that and win with what he found in, in the pre-practice. I, I just think it's going to change too much. So uh, do you think, well, I got two questions. I want to go back. You, you mentioned a 24 pound bag, a smallmouth can be caught, but that's extreme. What, what do you think the winning weight's going to be like? What do you think the guys are, are, you know, are going to catch consistently down there? Man, it's, it's, you say it sounds extreme. It, it's, I mean, in the, the Helen Ross McNabb tournament, which is a big benefit tournament here. I mean, you can't win it with less than 20. I mean, it, 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 for years, you know what I mean? And, yep. um, I mean, they just, it's, it's got them in it. You know, it, it's got this reputation of not having big bags. I think Gussie won like 15 a day or something, but man, that is not normal. You know, this time of year, I mean, you should expect, you know, 
you know, multiple 20 pound bags, you know, every day. Um, I would think that you're going to have 16 and a half a day, you know, um, just cause you're going to have 21 day and then you're going to have a 15 pound day, and, you know, then a 17 pound day, you know, I, they're going to bite and, and it's got them. I promise you it does. I'm writing it down. Brandon Coulter says 49 and a half pounds to win the classic. There you go. <laughs> is that right? Is that, is yeah. that where you're? No, I, th- I think it'll take, I think it'll take 16 and a half. I mean, I know if I, you know, if I, if I fished one of those tournaments, now I had, I had rich Coulter in the boat, right? So yeah, it's different. I had an advantage, but if we went out and didn't have 17, you didn't feel like you had a very good day. You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, if you came in with, you know, 15 and a half, you just, you're hoping to get a, you know, bag of chips and, you know, maybe a freeway bag or something. <laughs> well, that's, I guess we're going to see how it rolls out and we've got the best possible conditions with a warm front settling in on the area. So I imagine the weights will be maxed out. Uh, yeah. And I think the cold front helps too. I mean, people don't, it, it resets the fish, right? It, right. It, and, and it keeps people off the lake. Sure. You know, I mean, it's, it's, Ooh, no I didn't one, think about that. No that's true. This week. You know, it's who yeah. wants to be out there in this? I didn't want to be out there yesterday. Yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 just kept a lot of people off the lake. And, and I, you know, it's it resets them. Those those big smallmouth are going to be up and ready to go. And uh, yeah, I think I think Knoxville, you know, it was funny. Um, I'm sponsored by the city of Knoxville. And so uh, Chad Culver in the city, they do an incredible job. And you know, bringing this in, you know, I remember the call. He said, what if we make it two weeks later? Is that going to hurt us? And I just said, I just smiled. I just said, no, I said, it's going to show, you know, and, and I'm excited that they moved it back just a little bit and uh, it should be a good show. Do you think there'll be any spawning activity? Is it, fa- will it warm fast enough for that? I, man, I don't think so. No. Um, this lake's. <laughs> I was my my picks are all around the spawn. I thought it might happen. Go yeah, on. No, I, guess I, I'm out. I don't. I think if it would have stayed warm, you'd you'd have seen the smallmouth go on. Um, mm-hmm. There may be some smallmouth going. Um, I do not think a, a a large majority of the largemouth on this lake actually wait for the water to come up. So we have a a big group of fish that wait until. I mean, it may, the, the moon in late April and early May, no matter what the temperature is, because their typical spawning places and where they want to be mm-hmm. is up, is out of the water. And so we have a group that, that waits. So it's typically a little later, you know, on Fort Loudon. But, um, but no, I mean, I, I, I've caught them, you know, spawning the first week in May quite a bit. So um, I, I don't think we'll see the largemouth on the bed at all. Uh, can can you call somebody to get that water level up so that it will facilitate <laughs> yeah. my picks for this yeah, week? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have that kind of pool. I've got a lot of pool here, but not, not that kind. Come on, City of Knoxville, help me out. Um, yeah, I'm still thinking it's going to be a shallow water tournament. Well, uh, for sure. it sounds to me like it, it it very well could be. And forward facing was like I, I, it was amazing to me watching the guys at um, at Douglas just getting pulling their hair out watching those groups of fish that they couldn't make bite you know it's just amazing they'd see 20 and 30 bass rise up for their baits and couldn't couldn't get them to go you know and that's something that i had you know thinking about that and how we're catching them now you know it's been a while since i fished you know a year or two since i fished one of the events and 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 really that's you know 
since forward facing sonar. And I mean, we're keen on those small mouth that are pulled up, you know, with a flat side or something like that. You know, I don't know how many of them are sitting off those long run out, you know, those, you know, the typical small mouth points on the low end or, you know, either the bluff ends or these gravel runouts, you know, and so red clay gravel runouts and who knows, there might be 10 of them sitting out there and I'm only catching one off each point, you know, that's a four pounder. I mean, I have no idea. There might be 10 of them sitting out there. So it, it, it could get ugly with it, you know, especially with a jerk bait. They like a jerk bait on this leg, especially on the low end. It stays clear on the low end. I got you. Well, um, we're going to see how I, I will tell you this in any of the classic competitors are listening uh, I, on Teleco loud. I avoid pine trees like the plague typically because they don't hold fish, but these darn falling in pine trees down there, them fish love them things and they spawn all around them. They do. It's a, it is a, Chris Zaldane and what he likes to do next to pine trees, you know, they can be set up really good for it. You know, he, you can see them catching on a big swim bait. Pulling really them up good. out of them pines. You know, they could be staging. You know, I remember starting the Helen Ross McNabb, which was the third week of March in a tournament with a small spinner bait, running it down to lay down my first cast. I caught a five and a half pounder two years in a row on the same tree. <laughs> and if I had a, you know, a, a Berkeley coal shad or a, or a mag draft, I might have caught them all day doing it. You know, it was just a right. it was just a little early for spinnerbait. So I mean, something like yeah. that could play for sure. I got you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's the most amazing thing. Why do you think they like pine trees on that? Why do they get on pine trees there and nowhere else? <laughs> I wouldn't say nowhere else, Pete. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. If they have no tree, if they have a maple and they have a pine, they're not going anywhere near that pine, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, Man, I don't know. I'm not, that's, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I always thought it was like, do I, is it really true or is it the fact that they're just hard as heck to fish because you can't get anything. You get your line hooked on a pine cone, it ain't coming back. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. No, it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, you know, unfortunately, I'm done for this week, so I'll be over there at the classic and uh, you know working a little bit. So awesome! Well, make sure you stop by and see us. I will at the Bass U booth. Let me let me ask you this: You uh, have you have you dialed in? uh, Who do you think? How do you think? Who thinks going to win this tournament? What's Brandon Coulter's pick? Man, you know, Lester's spent a lot of time here. Um, you know, he's, he's not from here by any stretch. Um, you know, the guys that are, are from here, you know, are odd. And, you know, some of the other guys that are closer, you know, Wesley, you know, guys that grew up fishing on this lake. Brandon's, we don't really have one of those in the classic. Um, man, I was looking through the list because I knew this question would come up. And, <laughs> man, I, I don't know why, but my gut, Brian knew. I have no idea why. Um, I just... Well. He's fishing good. He's, 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 I don't know. I, I just, it just, it felt right. You know, it just feels like a tournament for some reason. I think he'd do well in, um, I like his game, you know I mean? He's, and so, um, Christie's going to be tough, you know, mm-hmm. because that cold water spinner bait, you know, he, he can chase that too. Meaning, you know, you get up in the rivers, it gets a little colder, you know, fish aren't, you know, if he, if he wants to catch them staging on that, he can. And, and they, you know, so 
you know, Christie's going to be tough. Um, Hank should have a good tournament. You know, if he if he doesn't, it's on it's on him because because there there's going to be there's going to be fish on jerkbait. Gotcha. Well, I I was yeah. thinking, Chad. You know, I, my pick is Hackney. Hackney hasn't won the classic yet, and uh, I watched him just fishing uh, in the first two seasons, first two events, and just fishing with such confidence and ease through some tough tournaments. Shallow. I was thinking it's going to be a shallow water derb, and uh, and I was picking him. I see John Cox breaking his uh, little crankbait out, and mm-hmm. and just. Yeah. Just going somewhere where nobody else is and uh, taking advantage of that bite, which he's won with, you know, this time of year. So, uh, yeah, he's what, gonna, there's going to be, I don't know if there's any off limits. You know, before when they were here, they put the upper river off limits up past a certain point, which actually limited odd a little bit. Um, and so I don't know if they've done that this tournament or not. Um, hmm. And that'll be to John and Poche's detriment a little bit because since it's two weeks later, there can be some fish caught above the shoals. Um, and so those, those guys that are crazy enough to try to get up through there, you know, it's a, uh, they can catch some up there, but they had a off limits. I think at one of the bridges um, last time we were here. And uh, I think because of camera boats and safety and all that kind of stuff, because it's, it's hairy up there. Um, no doubt. So I like your pick if there's no, if there's no set off limits, I think someone can get up there and catch them. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. I would hate, uh, I like to see them make those runs. I saw Poche at Douglas was going, you know, ridiculously far up, up one of those rivers, you know. Uh, it's a, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I like to keep my lower units on the boat generally. <laughs> no, you're not. I think, isn't gas an issue on that body of water too? Get gas. There's not many places, right? It can be. So, so the guys that, and, and that's where Teleco is going to, you know, if you go to Teleco, if you go where they live, you very well might need to stop and get gas because it's, yeah. it's a good 35, 40 you know, miles down to the dam. And then if you go up another 20 miles, you know, and you run around some, all of a sudden, you know, it, it could be an issue. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's, I mean, if you know, there's a, there's a few, I mean, you can get some at, at Fort Loud Marina there at the dam. Um, you know, there's a few places to get it, but they're going to have to schedule it for sure. Because these these lakes are connected. What they, there's in there a causeway, or I there's forget a how it's connected. There's a canal, and that's so you got to run down lake from the ramp to go through this canal to yeah. access Teleco. Right. Okay. So it's a you know it's a good run down to the dam, probably thirty minutes. You know, something like that, thirty five minutes, and then. You got to go the canals literally. That's where Gussie caught him was in the canal. You know, it's uh, it's, yes. yeah. it's literally you know a quarter mile long. You know, and it just connects into the other lake. Yeah. Um, the like I said, it, it'll. I'm excited for him because the upper end of Teleco, which is which can be really good, and the upper end of Loudon, which can be really really good this time of year. You know the the there are going to be guys that do well that don't run three miles. And that wasn't the case last time because us had to go so far to get away from the mud and get away from the current. They're not going to have to do that this time. And so I look for guys to do well within, you know, I think the only one that did pretty well was Perch in Fourth Creek. Um, he fished, a, I think, a bridge in, in Fourth Creek the whole time. But um, I think 
he was the highest up that did well, but he was back in a creek at a bridge. You know, he was kind of protected. The main channel was blown out. So um, I look for, there's a lot of good cranking, a lot of good stuff, you know, on the upper end of Loudon that I think guys will exploit this time. Well, that, that'll be awesome to see the lakes open up. And, guys, we want to hear your picks. Who are you picking to win this year? And, Jocelyn, uh, who's on the IM board? Well, that's what they're chiming in on. <laughs> we actually have our subscribers, Dan Allen. He picks G-Man because he's um funny. <laughs> um, Coach says he's pulling for Minetti. Ooh. Ah, local boy. There you uh, go. Tuck is rooting for Brandon. Oh, wait. Yeah. Nick is rooting for Dave Mullins because cranking is going to win it and he will be dialed. And Mullins is he's an East Tennessee boy. He is. He's Tuck great. is rooting for Jason Christie because he will win on a small spinnerbait. And BKG is picking Walters because forward facing and he's a jerk bait master. Mm. I, I'm gonna second the Walters. I saw that and I and I meant to say that he's as good as there is at that. And like I said, if, if those smallmouth are staged out, you know, the ones that I don't know live there, you know, because we always just catch the ones that are up. Um, he's, yeah, I could see that happening for sure. Who, who said Christy with a small spinnerbait? I don't believe Christy has a small spinnerbait. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, it'll have a big blade on it, I promise. I know. He's got, it, it's got to have a license plate blade. I don't know. Those co his covert series spinner baits, there's some, uh, there's some in there with double Colorados that are small. Teeny tiny? I right. mean, he's got, you know, three-eighths ounce double Colorado spinner baits that are a nice little offering. Yeah. I've been, I've been wrong before. Nick wants to know, do you guys think it will be clear enough to sight fish? Yes. But I don't think they'll see anything. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think they'll, I, you know, if we had a tournament, we had an FLW there one time and it was, but it was in April and they smashed them sight fishing on smallmouth. So I don't think that, um, man, I just don't think we're that far along this time. I, I think this cold front knocked anything back that, we, that you know, had something going. And so I, I just don't see them seeing anything. I remember, I think it was an FLW tournament that I fished there, and um, I remember one of the dominant patterns was spawning uh, largemouth and smallmouth that you couldn't see, but they were they were they were using jerk baits to pull them up and get them to show themselves, okay. and and then going after them in that you know four or five foot zone. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought that was a creative solution to a challenging problem, but. Um, I guess, I, like you said, Brandon, it, it, it's too, it, it's too little, too late as far as warming up. <laughs> well, know? yeah, and you know that we used to use a big uh, glide bait or a or a big. Uh, remember the old what was it, the old the very first old Osprey. Remember that? Remember that oh, bait? Oh yeah, that, that's sure. paddle, the big, you know, yep. flat top, big paddle tail. You mm -hmm. should just throw that out there and then just wind it, and like you said, they'd show themselves, and then you go back and catch them. But um, man, I just. I, I have a hard time, you know, thinking it's going to happen. You know what that means, Pete? They're going to smash them sight fishing because <laughs> I don't think they're going to be there. They're going to be laying around everywhere, and the guys are just going to be picking them off left and right. Oh, I can I'm see like, our social. I can see our social posts already when the guys are all talking about sight fishing on the stage, and then we'll 
we'll clip in uh, Brandon's uh, dialogue exactly. <laughs> right next to it. Can't but I, I, I think you're, I think you're right. It's just, it's too. You make such valid points because your history on a body of water, man. We see it at Chickamauga, like those fish wait and wait and wait, and they will not spawn until that darn water's up. Yeah, and that's and that's largemouth mostly. The smallmouth will go, but it just it, it just takes them a bit. You know, yep. they just wait. It, I, I don't know why. Heck, we see it here on the bay. Like they wait till the grass grows. Yeah, it gets right, then they get up there. You know, yep. there's a few that go, but the mass majority wait. They wait. They they it's they wait until that grass gets enough to break the current, give them a, a safe harbor, and 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 it usually always happens in May. And then you know, like you said, they'll spawn a, a little bit trickles here and there. But all of a sudden, when that grass gets tall, boom, there they go. And that's I missed the I want to come back. Come on up. Come on. Come on, it's uh, you know, we're expecting a big year. Uh, like you, you talk about Teleco Loudon, uh, with the clarity, we're seeing it too. We've had low precipitation, snow, and rain, the water's crystal clear, um, and it's it's stable. So long as we don't get some massive spring runoffs that make that river rage, we all, you know, we should have one of our best years. I'm thinking this year, awesome, awesome. yeah. It'll be fun. And, uh, you know, you're welcome to come here. You know I'm coming down to your neck of the woods, so I'm expecting you to take care of Watts Bar uh, for us to come down there. We expect the fish to bite down there in September. You know, it's actually been fishing pretty good. <laughs> it fished so bad last year. Uh, <laughs> but the spring tournaments have been good. I think Wesley had 18 or 19 pounds in a tournament there last week and finished third or fourth. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they've been catching them pretty decent this year. So, hopefully, it was just an off year and – and they'll start biting down there. But I'm filming there for Saturday. I'll let you know. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to do the classic Friday, Sunday. But I'm going to film with Wired to Fish on, on Saturday for some stuff. Okay. Well, well, good deal. And uh, I wish you all the best down there. I'm looking forward to coming down. Uh, I've uh, only spent about two or three hours on Watts Bar. So it's going to be – I'll be looking at it with fresh eyes. I, I kind of look forward to that. No, it, it's – you know, that time of year it's going to be tough. You know, it, it's if you f figure a little something out, it'll go a long way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, we'll, uh, man, it's going to be great. Make sure you come by and see us. I know you're going to be busy down there at the Classic, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come and hang with us and battle through all of our technical difficulties over here. You know, my technical. Let's be clear, they were my. Technical. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's it's an even it's an even trade because we got a <laughs> we have a Windows that we have a Windows computer that has crashed in the last week, and we actually have a technician working on it in the studio <laughs> with us right now. So, <laughs> shout out to our technician. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's not looking good. You're getting thumbs down from the tech over there. I don't know. We might have to uh, replace some gear over here, but uh, man, it, it, it's awesome. Uh, great to have you, man. It's uh, it's always great to have you on the show. Appreciate it, and uh, you know we look forward to. I'll see you in September for sure, and hopefully we'll see you next week or this. I'll week. see you at the classic. I appreciate it, guys. Yes, sir. And good luck the rest of the season. Brandon Coulter, everybody. Thanks, Brandon. That was uh that's crazy. That 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 is a unique body of water down there at Teleco Loudon. I'm, I'm it sounds awesome. Now. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University. <laughs> is, is, is it gonna take them them kind of bags, you know? I never would have yeah. thought that. 24, 25 pounds. That's amazing. It's yeah. big, man. Yeah. But you I know, guess they live there. What he said 
just like it made the light bulbs go off. Like he said, you know, they they're always shallow. Yeah. They just want to be they want to be shallow. Most of them stay shallow. And it's not a matter of if they moved a lot of times, it's just if you can get them to bite. Yeah. yeah. I think we deal with that a lot on, on yeah. the bay. Like how many how many places can they really be? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they're out in the middle of the channel. I don't know. But there's always a lot of fish in the areas that we know they are. They're just so dang hard to get bite. But you get a two-day warming trend. My phone is blowing up right now. People sending me pictures from the bay. Big oh. one's getting caught. Ah. You know, <laughs> second day of a warming trend. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're going to see it down there for sure. And uh, and we're, I mean, heck, here we got 70 degrees this week. And, yeah. uh, you know, so now I know down there it's going to it's gonna erupt. You know, I hope, I hope it's going to erupt. But 20, 24 pounds, that's, that's strong. That's yeah. huge. That's a big bag of smallmouth. Yeah. You're probably making the cut. You weigh that one of the days, mm-hmm. you know, overall. But the forward-facing deal really has changed everything. Mm-hmm. And we'll, you know, we're we're so used to waiting and, and, and making adjustments based on the warm water movements and just bank burning that time of year, waiting for them to come to us. And uh, now, we, now we don't have to. You know, you can identify brush piles. Um, you know, trees that, you know, offshore habitat points that, that these fish could be using. Um, you know, so, you know, half this field, that's all they're going to be doing oh, for sure. Just hunting. But here, here's the other thing, right? Who's going to make the adjustment? That's it. It's all about adjustments. Right. Cause they're not, what's your, the practice period is basically, it's done. Boat ride. That's all yes. it was. Boat ride. Yep. That's it. Identifying some areas to look exactly during the tournament right you know and hopefully you guess you right know, you know somebody else that i think is going to be a, a factor in this event and it didn't you just said it, it was just a boat ride you just went out and looked and this is this guy's strategy he actually did a seminar with us on it this year in alabama scott canterbury mm. says that his best tournaments he spends in practice looking and marking doesn't matter what he caught him on during practice. He looks and marks so that when he has that clue during the tournament, okay, I caught one on this. Guess what? Now he has 75 more spots marked that yes. fit into the pattern that he developed. That's and awesome. That's, I mean, shoot, if, if everything's going to change from practice, you might as well know where a lot of everything is so that you can start running it once something develops. Yeah. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be wildly different from yesterday, their last practice day, to day one of the tournament. It's gonna be almost eight. It is gonna be eighty degrees on Thursday down there. And those are two of our most important seminars this year: the Brian Thrift practicing for the future and the mm-hmm. Scott Canterbury, uh, really diving into how they prepare and strategize for tournaments. Got to check that out at Bashy TV. Yep. And I want to you know clue you guys in on this week's release because Brandon Lester, who was a lot of people's pick. Uh, to win this tournament, Riz, mm-hmm. is he still your pick? He's still my pick. You're yeah. not allowed to change it. <laughs> he's still my pick, man. Yep. I'm all with Brandon. Uh, he and you're not alone. Uh, he's the top pick for a lot of different reasons. He had a top 10 uh, last time they were here, and the deal, you know, how the baits he uses for forward facing sonar, uh, one of which is t- is tight lining, uh, kind of similar to moping, what uh, what Gussie did to win last time. And he, he teaches about that. He teaches about his other tools. And he's got just a, a set of forward-facing baits that he uses in different situations. 
we're starting to see this, right? The the advancement of forward facing. You, you think, oh, turn it on, find the fish. It was always just throw a jerk bait at them. And so many guys, Brandon Lester included, they they've got an arsenal that, and we saw it at Douglas. Like they, man, they're not biting it. Yeah, they're all coming up on it, but I can't trigger the strikes. Well, there's lots of other tools that are being used, and from a drop shot, one of which is is man, is that darn? It's kind of like the Demiki rig, that that little minnow style bait yep. on a light jig head, yep. suspending it in that water column a, a little longer. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I'm just listening. I'm taking it all in. I, I want you. I want GDP's tools. I think for, <laughs> that's what I want for the for the classic or just me in general. In in general, I mean, you're you're staring at that unit. You well, are you're you're good. I can tell you. A lot of you guys might not know this about GDP, but he is an electronic wizard, and he's staring at that unit a lot. So, what you, are your tools? I can tell you what works really well for me. Um, a drop shot is probably my number one. Yep. You know, depending on what you want to throw, you can throw a swim bait. Or- so many guys this year. List drop shot. Yeah. Brian Schmidt, yeah. uh, Brandon Lester, you. That's that's a big one. The reason why a drop shot is so good, it's direct. When you cast it out, it goes right to them mm-hmm. instantly. It pulls that line right to them. And then when it gets to the bottom, if they follow it down, you can just shake it in their face. Right. Now, one thing, you're going to love this one. One thing that has worked really well for me when it's really tough, and I don't care if I'm fishing 15 what. feet of water, a Sanko. Mm-hmm. Just a wacky break Sanko. When they're being on that, how does that show up on the board basis on it? Does it show up pretty good? Yeah, it's not it's not perfect, but if you keep it dialed in, you can you can see it going down. Right, and I think like the drop shot shows up amazing. Really good versus, for whatever reason, a drop shot just I guess the the weight going that, down the, the screen it's just cutting the water, you know, yeah. close. Yes, um, a, a wacky rig cycle. Like some of my really tough days, mm-hmm. I have caught them well on that because it's the only thing getting the bite. When it's real tough, what do you pull out? Thank you. Thank you. How how yeah. how cold will you throw the wacky rig? Like like what's the water temp? I can tell you this. Now around the country, I haven't had a lot of experience, but here at home, I've caught them like in you know late February and March in South Jersey on a wacky rig, plenty of times. Water temps what low forties? Oh, it's I would say low to forty five. So forty to forty five, I would say you can still get them on it. Yeah, you know that's the one thing we teach at Bash University. Right. A lot of the stuff we talk about, you don't have to follow the guidelines all the time. You know, you can go outside of that. And a lot of the right. seminars you hear are guys that kind of, you know, explored these things more than anything and just talked about what works outside of what you think should work. Right. And well, and, and forward facing sonars, it's such an asset, right? Yeah. You see it real time. All right. Let me fire this out yeah. and see what happens. Right. Right. You can see the fish respond or not respond and make adjustments from there. It's changing everything. Yeah. So my three picks and, and third is going to be a jerkbait. Sanko, jerkbait, drop shot. Covers mm. all three. You got... Fast moving, erratic, or slow if you want to do a jerking. You got a Yamamoto Sanko or whatever you want to throw. I like the Yamamoto because it's it's weighted down. It's heavier salted. It does sink a little bit faster. A lot of guys are Nico rigging. Nico. That's a big yep. thing on the yeah. facing. Nico rig keeps keeps showing up. It, it, it keeps, you know, getting talked about as a player from Brandon in his seminar, from Schmidt in his seminar. They both put a lot of stock in that Nico rig. And I don't I can't totally wrap my head around that for for or forward facing sonar fish if they're suspended because it's going to sink faster with the weight, mm. right? Where just a regular wacky rig, you can it's going to sink a lot slower. You can twitch it; it'll come back up. Yep. You get it to fall back down again. So, like, what? Why is the Nico rig such a? I would say it's a little different presentation. It's something that's still not seen a whole lot with bass for the most part. I know like a lot of guys are doing Nico rig, but I think the mass majority still are not doing it mm-hmm. as a whole. I don't Nico rig a lot myself. I mean, I fish a lot and I don't do it. 
You know, yeah, I think it's just one of them things. It's just a presentation thing. Right. It's if you can just change the fall in the water column from something different to something different. Mm -hmm. Every every day that I've been on forward facing sonar, conditions can be identical to the day before: wind, sun, everything, clouds, and they're so moody from day to day by seeing how they are. Like there's a lot of days. It's like a spawning fish. You know, you pull up to a spawning fish. Day one, he might bite a beaver style bait really good. Day two, you got to finesse them. It's it's no different. They just change their mood. They're like people. You know, you walk up to a dessert table, you're not going to pick cupcake every time. You pick cake. You know, mm -hmm. it's whatever you're in the mood for. Mm -hmm. You know, wings, but, so. hot wings. Hot wings. <laughs> so. For dessert. Pickled, spicy quail eggs. Yeah, I don't know. Some for of us. For dessert. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, uh, this is, if you're not subscribed, get over there. Uh, we've got our classic special going on this week. It's 80 bucks off an annual, and uh, you'll be able to uh, watch Brandon Lester's seminar, Brian Thrift's tutorial on how to practice, and Scott Canterbury's uh, strategy on how he prepares for events. These are um, these are pretty some pretty high level stuff that are going to help you whether you're a beginner, advanced, or you're aspiring pro. Um, and it's so great to see guys like uh, we had Ben Milliken on. Uh, who had a blistering top 10 at uh, at his first open and uh, a Bash University subscriber. So many of our, uh, so many guys at the top level are using the program to um, get better at forward-facing sonar and techniques that they're weak at or, you know, find a little detail about a strength that, that they want to get a little better at. So that's available. And make sure you come by and see us if you're a subscriber. If you're watching on social, like and share because we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to be giving away a, a like and share prize uh, with some Waterwood crankbaits and a grand prize. I hope you guys are paying attention. Uh, we've got a Rapala and VMC and, VMC. and what? Hummingbird hat. And Hummingbird hat. Uh, awesome. We love we love the Hummingbird hats. Everybody loves those. So we'll be right back giving away that stuff right after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood custom baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait these things are handmade in the rainforest south of brazil and i mean as you can see right here it's a fish catching bait it's got the front hook that means they wanted it this bait's uh it, it's running really true it throws really well guys check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com underwater viewing technology.
find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That they're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. You guys see that? Hey, welcome back. We were just, <laughs> we were just talking about I, I, Yamamoto has been uh, waiting for the new release of their bait. Um, uh, and I just saw it all over social said, so nice. today. And uh, what's it called? I don't think it's the right name. The, <laughs> the Yamaguchi? I can't even remember. I think they're, they're, it's that short, yeah. heavily weighted soft plastic. Oh, um, yeah. It looks like the... the the depths depths it looks thing. just like it the depths like the norries yeah. it looks with a tail they look like crawfish they look like a crayfish without the rock star claws out they had yeah. a really just really cool video on it yep they just yep. look like a, a juvenile crawfish i've been uh shout out to james riley who hooked me up with some depths uh who i gave you know I've, I've been working with that bait a little bit and can't say that i've really dialed it in i've caught fish um I, I I still have to try to figure out the best place to use it, but uh, uh, Yamamoto's got a, a new one out that uh, looks really cool. Bait is funky looking. Uh, Mister Higgs says I agree. Like a cover cool. scat. Yes, that's yeah. the name. Sea Lynch. Thank you. Um, other other turd. Yes, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> it looks like that. Big uh, the, some comments about the the Nico fall which was key. Trey, you're right. The Nico falls differently, Rich. And that's one of the big uh, things that separates that bait is it does glide and, and rotate and spin, does some things unique on the fall that, um, yeah, that, that definitely separates that. And, um, and um, so Gret Howie, what's up, Howie? Good to have you with us as usual. I saw coach was here too, but the, um, what you're feeling about a slow falling two bait, on forward facing sonar have you checked I think that i have not but i i think anything will work yeah literally i think it'll all work you just got to put time and, and use them and get it you get it dialed in right yep if, if, a tube's a great one because like i said i mean a tube a lot of times does that spiral in the fall um we just uh on the last show Milliken was 
talking about the tube on a free rig. Oh yeah, as one of his tools I believe at it. that tournament, I uh, just allowing that bait to drop or the weight to drop and allow that tube to it actually falls once it, it goes horizontal. Once the weight stops pulling mm -hmm. on it, so it spirals and then drops horizontal on the fall and uh, breaking out a tube. That's cool, I, like it. I thought that was cool. I do like it. Yeah. Uh, Clifford Perch, uh, Yovo, I don't know how to say that name. <laughs> Yo Volp. Perch, good. Thank you for that. Um, I love, or uh, I got live scope the being, being of the year and I love it at the beginning of the year, I think is a little typo. Yes. It's changing everything. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, here's my advice. Here's my advice to you forward facing sonar guys that are buying it trying it turn the rest off just i mean that's my advice that's what i'm doing i turn off my because here's my problem with it i look at my 2d sonar I've, I've been fishing that for 30 years my eyes go to my 2d sonar if i have that on my eyes go there i gotta train i'm, tr I'm trying to teach myself to look at the forward facing uh all the time and that's what I'm going to do. So I recommend doing that. You got to learn to go split eye and look at your forward facing sonar and your 360. I I'm I'm saying my advice to guys like me is even even pause your 360 until until you get dialed on your on your Mega Live, which is what I use. What's your take on that? Until you get dialed. I got it all all pegging. I got it all going. Once you once you I, I, once you go you, back, once you, you get comfortable, you bring everything back up because you gotta have 360 and you gotta have the rest. You gotta have your mapping. You ever see but, the old school photo booths where the big old thing comes up and they cover over top? You need one of them. Yeah. You're just like tunnel vision on top of it. That's all you see. I want, Here's why I want you that. need to keep the 360. <laughs> Here's why you need to keep your Humminbird 360 on Pete. Is because the Humminbird 360 will Take your learning curve from your port-facing sonar and speed it up by five times. Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Because you see the piece of cover first. Because if you don't pan over to it with your forward-facing sonar, you don't see that piece of cover. Like if my if my beam is looking at you and there's a lay down to my left, yep. I'm never gonna see it on the forward-facing sonar. But my 360 tells me that it's there, and that's when you train your foot. How to get over to the target, stay on the target, and hit your target with your cat. I that's, agree. That's just my opinion. I agree 100% right. for step two. <laughs> step one, turn that stuff off until you get it. Yeah, he's the, you got to listen to him. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just telling you, because when my, my eyes go to it, and, like, you only get a split second a lot of times. Like, you're looking at the habitat, you make your cast, you're working the bait, and you look down, and if your eyes don't go to – they get so distracted. There's so you, much going on there. Where do you have your forward-facing sonar on your mouth? It's my front unit. It's your, it's I, I have, yeah, as yeah. far forward as I can get it. And I'm about to get that crappie for, for you guys like me. I'm going to get that crappie mount that it goes, it telescopes go. up three yeah. feet and yeah. tilts in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like you. I'll get the hood over it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to look like he's an NFL referee. He's <laughs> locked in on the Hummingbird Mega Live. Yes. With one arm. That's going to be me. I'm going to be in the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you see Pete look at his 2D sonar, throw the red flag. <laughs> get in the booth. Oh, man. I love it. That would be perfect because it's it's hard. It's hard to train yourself to do it, and I'm I'm working on it. And getting better at it all the time. So, uh, wish you guys best of luck. We got uh, 
Like and share, last chance for the like and share. We're going to be giving away that prize. I'm going to ask a trivia question now. Hope you guys were paying attention. Brandy Coulter, now I'm trying to phrase this so everybody gets it clear. He spoke about three East Tennessee techniques that are specialized for that area. What are the three East Tennessee techniques that he mentioned earlier in the broadcast? Got to get all three, guys. Let's see what you got. Uh, see who was see who was paying attention, and we're going to be giving away a cool grand prize. Uh, that's a whole bunch of stuff. So check that out. Do we do we have a like and share winner yet? <laughs> she's uh she's pulling that up right now. In the meantime, uh, once again, guys, come visit us at the classic. We're going to be uh, what's our booth number? One thirty one eleven. Thirty one eleven. Thirty one eleven. We're going to be down there. Um, as always, love going to the classic. Like fishing the classic better, but it's a nice second to to be down at the classic. We've uh, and we've got Jonathan Dietz, another Bass University subscriber. I want to wish him best of luck from Pennsylvania. He's lighting it up, uh, f- fishing. Um, uh, man, just doing extremely well. He's doing all opens this year. He, he's fishing the uh, the invitationals. Over on the MLF wow. side, busy man. Busy man. He's going to be at the classic, and and he's doing well, doing extremely well. Uh, just I, I I hate to be surprised by that, but it's you know he's obviously he's got the chops. He's made the he's made the classic, and you know usually there's a learning curve. Not seeing it with him, <laughs> you know, going right to the top. So uh, so that that's really cool. He got in. He qualified through the federation, and. Uh, and we'll look forward to seeing all the picks that uh, see how our picks do. I'm I'm picking a shallow water deal, and I see Rich is studying the. Uh, yeah, we're seeing a lot of the right, the, a lot of the right. You know, it's a whole couple other. of them come in, but we're not seeing all three together. Yes. there's there's one yes. in particular that that we're that we're missing. Um, Love it know, when we stump this crowd. A lot of the we're seeing a lot of two of them, mm-hmm. but the third one is not showing up. You had to really be listening. There was a uh, there was a detail yep. um, in there. One of uh, typically uh, or a lot of times we use a Ken Duke trivia question, which we uh, you guys get so quick, it's unbelievable uh, the knowledge base and how quickly you guys come up with that. So I'm uh, I'm tickled anytime you can get a, a question that stumps them. And uh, I don't think I've seen the third. The third one that we're looking for, third bait. I don't think I've seen it. It it has not come up on the board at all yet. But the first two have have come up a lot. And uh, just give you a little give you a little hint here. Oh, what a hint! Uh, hint. Give a give a little. Very generous. I don't know if anybody listened to. Limp Biscuit in the late nineties, but he was rolling, rolling, rolling. I don't know that. Do you get it? Oh yeah, I don't get that reference. He says the kind of he was rolling, rolling, (laughs) rolling. Technique. Okay, I I look forward to to see it. That was a good hint, Russ. Yeah, (laughs) that was really good. Well, I want you guys to check out Ken Duke's podcast. He's been on our show so many times, and and we love him. Big part of this industry. Uh, and he's and he has a podcast that is called the Big Bass Podcast. As a matter of fact, he just had Ot Defoe on talking about the big fish for the, the uh, classic big fish, some of the biggest fish that have been caught in the Bassmaster Classic over the years. And I want to invite you guys. Uh, Terry Battisti is his 
co-host and they go through the stories of the greatest fish catches of all time. And uh, it's really cool. That was neat. It's interesting. Ooh, they're getting close. They are getting close now. My favorite is the cheese fish. Don't know about that one. They, they, when they, when the Florida strain got moved out to California for the first time, the uh, the trout fishermen were catching all the big largemouth, all the big Florida strain that were growing up, and trout fishermen used cheese balls. Oh. And we so have a winner. Fifteen pounders coming in on cheese wow. balls. Dan Allen. Dan, Dan Allen. Allen. With rolling a popper, the wake bait, and the float and fly. Yes. Yes. Yep. Rolling a popper, the wake, and the float. I'll give it to you. He said yeah. rolling a popper, a wake, and a float. Yes. I'll, I'll I'll give that to you. I knew what you were going to do. That's close about. enough. Rolling a pop. Rolling Dan a pop Allen. R was. Rolling a pop R around bushes. Pretty close. We'll give you. And a wake bait. That's and right. Float and fly. So good Excellent. job, Dan Allen. Well, Way to either pay attention or take a hint. <laughs> Is that what Limp Biscuits rolling, yeah, rolling, 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 rolling? Rolling, rolling, rolling. He was, he, Brandon Coulter said he can roll a pop bar underneath that's the bushes. Right. Yeah. And that's why he thinks he'll do really well at Kerf this year. There you go. Because that's how it's, it's been won that way uh, in the past. CP. Yep. CP won it. Guys, thanks so much for watching. Uh, thanks for being part of Bass University. Like and share. Oh, we, we have a like and share. We do. Who's our winner? The winner is Tom Purves. Tom Purves. Congratulations, Tom Purves. Purves? Sorry. I thought I was being set up by, you know, weird names. But anyway, congratulations on uh, the like and share, guys. We're going to be back next week uh, with a post-classic show. We're going to be um, talking to the Bassmaster Classic champ if, if we can. If not, we're going to have him on as soon as we can, whoever that winner turns out to be and we'll uh, assess our picks have a lot of fun doing that we're uh hopefully we'll see a bunch of you guys in knoxville thanks for hanging by gdp oh we'll be there i'll see you in knoxville too i, pre I appreciate you being here today and we'll see everybody next week on bash university live yes, sir.